What's up, everybody? I'm Kiyoshi. I'm Bobby Foster. Michael Beveraji. And this is Take Away My Mic. I listen. It's been a week. I don't know about you guys, but it's been it's been a week for me. Who do, who do you... Tired. I fell asleep at like six o'clock. I think. Woke up oh. maybe like forty five minutes ago. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, it's been. I've been stressed, depressed for like uh, probably all week. Probably all week. It's been a Real. rough one. So very real, very glad real. to be here still. Yeah, Same. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. It's October, Raji. So I'm trying to like keep, yes, keep the good vibes. I'm trying to. I'm. Tr- this is my month right here. So I'm trying to keep it a, as pristine as I possibly can. Depression is is trying its best for damn sure, but I can't not have a good October because that's my ritual yearly. So we're gonna keep Ooh. it going. We're gonna keep the vibes going good. I love you know, that. Even, oh, even if it's all fiction, even if it's all fictional, it's all right. Listen. This this boosts spirits. I hope we're boosting you guys' spirits right now. Those of you guys listening. Yeah, let's not. We, we don't want to be a drag. <laughs> no, we live. We love. Shout, we love coming together. It gives yes. us time to just commune with each other. Also, and, uh, shout out to Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul was my companion in this last week. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey. I binged it. The whole thing. Um, I, I give it a solid seven out of ten, but it was a great. The last two seasons, I would give like a, a nine or a ten out of ten. But they were yeah. talking for hours in our group chat, and I just had to sit and read. I was like, I didn't watch any of this. We had for for that seven he just gave. I better call Saul's my favorite show of all time. I feel like we had a very civil conversation. You did based on we that, did. and I appreciate well, that. We, I think we still have to keep it on lock a little bit. I still don't know if we're allowed to talk in depth about anything. I'm not sure. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, strike. but I, I, I just, you know, it, it was good. Breaking Bad is still my number one like show. I feel That's like it, Breaking Bad's great. I want. When does it get great though? No, shame. season two. <laughs> if, if you were on season one, just skip it. I'm so serious. Just skip it, bro. I got two episodes in and I couldn't. Skip I was like, it. I don't, I don't. I'm not enjoying this. And I'm you one can, of those. You people. can like force your way through it or you can just watch a review it's only seven episodes season two is where like the show becomes the show well i might do that i might just watch a review for season one and then watch season two because everybody talks about how great it is and i'm like i want to i want to connect you know i like it i well i like the premise of it anyway like that's what made me start it but i very much am a person it has to be good off top for me like the 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 pilot of scandal one of the best episodes of television ever created, in my personal opinion. Scandal is one of my favorite shows, and it's good from jump. So my expectations for everything else after, like, my favorite shows, I'm like, you got to hit me on the first episode. I'm sorry. Otherwise, I'm just not going. Yeah, there's a lot of continue options continue down nowadays. the rabbit hole. There is, and I'm going to move right yeah. on to the next one. If it's not, <laughs> if it's not hitting right, I'm, I'm ready to go to the next thing. But yeah. I know Michael's <laughs> over here thinking I'm saying sacrilege about skip the first season. I, but yeah, I've given I'm that not, recommendation to so many people that just I'm couldn't get into the show and they finish it. You missed so, it. It's, it's all about payoff. And you like payoff gets cut short when you don't experience certain things from early on. It's like if you just skip the first like five years of your life. I don't know. Damn. Not, not true. Not with Breaking no, Bad. Wait. You just don't have like there's certain things that like you 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 look back at you're like man that that was pivotal to my life and I look at I look at TV. Would I understand the meat of the story if I didn't watch the first season? Not emotionally, I don't think so. I don't need the emotion. Especially we differ because <laughs> yeah. I know Michael. Michael. Michael loves to connect. 
He's very, he's, he's <clears throat> the heart of the show. He's a lovey-dovey and enjoys all of that emotional stuff. I'm just like, let's get to the who's dying, where are we going, <laughs> who's on drugs. I'm sure that this is a show about drugs. Yeah, I'm like, so what are we doing? Man, we're just going to, we agree to disagree. Man. That's the beauty of the podcast, though. For sure. And talking about things we're disappointed by, because Maya's disappointed by the beginning of Breaking Bad, we had a question from Yusuf, correct? Yes, my baby over in Egypt. Hello. Hey. International. Yusuf wanted to know what are three, was it three? Three albums that we were disappointed in that our favorite artists created. Yeah, three different artists. And then uh, uh album we were disappointed in from each of them. I'll go first because mine's really simple. And I don't ha- I don't know I don't know if I have too much to say about each one. So let's start with Big Sean. Big Sean's my guy. Uh, I feel like he had the sophomore slump. Hall of Fame's just not that great of an album. It's definitely his worst album by far. So I was very disappointed when that came out. Uh let's go to Drake. Um when Views came out, absolutely was super disappointed with it. Uh, and people say it's like grown into a classic. I still don't like it. And then I was cert- uh, certified lover boy grew on me. And then when honestly, Nevermind came out, can't stand that album either. Super disappointed with that one. So I had to get two, <laughs> two to Drake. <laughs> but third one from the third artist is unfortunately Billie Eilish is happier than ever. Yeah. Couldn't get into it. Dang. Did not like it. Yeah, I just, I couldn't get into it. Happier than ever, the song, though. I listened to that song a lot. But I think that's the only song I, like, revisit from that album. I'm pretty sure that's the only one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, though, because she just came out with news saying that her next album's dropping relatively soon. So, oh, I'm still she? excited for the next one, though. Ooh. Yeah, she said, I think she said it was either... I think she said she was almost done with it. I'm pretty sure that's what I saw. I'm um, excited. So yeah, I didn't know I'm that. that. The enjoyment. I'm just okay. Drop those vocals, King. Drop those <laughs> vocals. <man. laughs> save Maya for last because it's going to be a hot, a hot take ish. Yes. The three albums for me. One is Man of the Woods, Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. I, was, mm-hmm. I was so mm-hmm. I was so excited for his. I mean, because he's one of those that just like waits for years and years and years of yeah. projects. So it was so hyped up, and even like the promo up to it, I was excited because Justin. I thought he was going to get into his country bag because I actually love Say Something, which was a single before the album came out. Mm. It's the Chris Stapleton feature. Oh, with the, yeah, that was a good song. That I love that. Song. I love that song. I was like, oh, this is the vibe we're going to be on. Here we go. Let's go. And then the album dropped and the rest of the album is just not great. It's just not good. Where's Justin from? He's from the same. He's from, I'm pretty sure he's from Memphis. Next album <laughs> is an Eminem album because I'm a huge Eminem fan. Oh. It's Revival. Which we were waiting years and years and years for. Revival came out. Revival's really yeah, that was bad. bad. Revival's really bad. Two pot like he's got like Beyonce, Ed Sheeran, Alicia Keys, Kalani, Pink. Like he's got um, Skylar Gray, X Ambassador. It's like a feature on every single song. He tried to go so pop with it, and it just came out like really messy. And it's like super politically forward, which I dig the fact that he's like you know supporting all the right shit. But uh, so <laughs> Revival, and then the last one's Made in the AM, which is One Direction's last album. I felt mm. the, the disappearance of Zayn because uh, he left the band obviously, so he's not part of the last album. Uh, and I think you feel it uh, in the album. There's a lot of moments that if Zayn was on, I think it would improve the album dramatically. And I feel like they kind of lost. I feel like they were trying to do something quirky and, and different from what they were doing before, like trying to be really original. I just think I don't think it worked. OK, well, Yusuf, you know, I love you, baby. <laughs> um, but I hate this. <laughs> I hate this question because I because when you said to the group chat, I was like, I don't think 
they're my favorites for a reason. Lies. So aren't, I don't have any of them that <laughs> shut up. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is insane. I really don't. I'm trying to think. I really sat there and tried to think of which albums I dislike, completely dislike. Disappointed. Disappointed? Disappointed. Like you like you listen to it and you're like, eh, that's just saying it. This like I'm just disappointed with this. My faves don't disappoint me. That's, that's why they're my they're my favorites. Just, they're my that's why they're my favorites. I'm so but, I'm trying to think. Okay, give for, me a second. Give me a second. For argument's sake, you would only ever be disappointed by your favorites. If it's someone that wasn't your favorite, you wouldn't be disappointed. It'd just be like whatever. That's so you've never incorrect. been disappointed. That's because people put me on the music all the time and I'm like, this ain't hitting the way that you think it's hitting. Also, you're disappointed anyway. in your fans then. No. No. Put that on her. Put that on her. No. no. You will not do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, hey, I can say little, it. Sometimes my fans recommend me stuff, and I'm like, you know I wouldn't like this. Like, I'm like, it hits like it, a little bit, but not like <laughs> for real, for real. Not for me anyway, but I'm trying to think. Okay, okay. For example, example. For Gaga, I guess I could say Chromatica, but mm, that's okay. only because I revisited it. Because when we got it, it was during the pandemic. I'm like, girl, I'm not off of Molly. I'm not in the club. Like, this is yeah. not hitting. Like, it just, it felt like a tunnel of sound to me. And I usually like, like, hyperpop. I go back to, like, a couple of songs on that album. But when I first heard it, I was like, oh, this is not, like, vibing with me. But I mm -hmm. love Gaga. And I went back, and I can say that Chromatica is not that bad of an album. So even in that, I'm like, it was bad for a second, you know? But, like, it didn't stay that way. This is hard. Do you like Happier Than Ever, the the Billie Eilish sophomore project? Overall, yeah. I like the different. It was different. And I'm always, I'm all. Well, first of all, people know this. Like, if they follow me closely, I take whatever sound my person gives me. Like, whatever era of your life you're in, you trying different shit, I'm with it. Like, I'm down for the ride. Like, it's your art. And usually, like, my, fav like, my favorite artists are people that I also enjoy as people, too. So I'm like, this where you at in your life? Cool. This is the sounds that are, like, you're gravitating to. I like that. So I'm never going to be like, oh, this sounds worse than your other thing. Eh, like if I end up not completely enjoying it, like Bobby's, Bobby's so, face, he's, so, he's so mad. Like, I don't know what to I just, tell I you. Can't, I just, I'm trying I to can't. like outright disappointed. You're I'm saying really every artist that you like. My favorites, every my absolute album. favorites. Only my absolute favorites, though. Like, there are people that I enjoy that I listen to casually that uh -huh. I could say I've been disappointed in their project by, but my favorites. So you like Every Kaylani album you ever put on. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love everything she's released. I've been following Kaylani since SoundCloud. What about Beyonce? Beyonce has like eight or nine albums, right? You all you weren't disappointed you like by every single Beyonce album. I'm not disappointed in any Beyonce album. Do I go back and listen to all of Beyonce's albums? Not really, but I like them all. That's why I'm trying to like conceptualize. What, hey, do I I what do we mean by disappointed? What do we mean by disappointed? Like you like, put it on and you're just like, ugh. Like, it's, it's, like, it's just not wall. hitting right. Like when I listened to Mr. Morale by Kendrick the first time, I was like, I'm kind of disappointed in this. I ended okay, up ooh, liking it. I have one. Let's go. I have one. Let's I do it. I have well, one. Let's hear it. I like it now, but immediately I was disappointed in Cherry Bomb by Tyler the okay. Creator. 
if you guys know. That's like one of his errors that like, but I go back to it now. I'm like, oh, okay, I see what he was trying to do. So like I listened to it differently, but off top, the first time I listened to it, I was like, and eh, this isn't giving what I thought it was gonna give. It was a lot more heavy with the sounds versus he was buried like his voice was just buried under the a lot of the instrumentals and i didn't necessarily enjoy that so i can say i was disappointed in that one this is good though it means i like like i genuinely fuck with all of my <laughs> like, I music. Guess so. like they're my favorites for me like i wouldn't call them my favorites if i didn't I feel like I'm disappointed by a ton of albums. Like not a by lot. my fate, my favorite. A lot of the time, I feel like I'm more disappointed than not. Just in general, I feel like. But like with my favorites, I don't like, yeah, especially when you get to the artists that have a lot of albums, like Drake, for example. Like I feel like Drake has a lot of misses. Uh, Kanye has a lot of misses. Kendrick surprisingly doesn't have a lot of misses. But I mean, he only has like five. I, I mean, that's still a lot, but it's not like a ton. Like a Drake has like a lot. Lil Wayne has a lot of misses. Oh, I found another one. Sorry. I well, was let's looking, go. I was two out of, looking two at out of three. Two out of three. I didn't. Oh, Frank is a fave, but he's like more of a casual fave. Oh, you don't like Blonde? Mm, I didn't. Like blonde. I, not blonde, Not completely. I like maybe one or two songs off of Blonde, and I don't go back to Blonde. So I can say Blonde. Mm. That's all I got, though, man. I'm tired of struggling. Two out of three. As long as self-control isn't <laughs> on that list. As long, then as, long as what? Self control isn't on that list. Who's that? Who made that? It's the, no, it's it's the best track off of Blonde. Oh, okay, okay. No, okay. I love so. No, self control is one <clears throat> of the ones that I enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Pink I'm and like, white. We love pink and white. Pink and white. Nike's Godspeed. Let's go. Yeah, Nike. Yeah. Damn. Did yeah, I like whatever Blonde? those are? <laughs> 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 I might have just made that up. We gotta move on because I can't. Think, I can't think about Let's it. Let's go. Two, two, two is good. We'll take two. Two is good. Let's talk some Beyonce. Oh my God! Today, <laughs> Beyonce. Here's 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 my thing. Here's my thing. This is the other thing about. I'm never gonna be disappointed. It could have been anything. That countdown that Parkwood put on their story. That shot Beyonce, but it could have been anything and I would have been happy. This woman works at the speed of light. There are so many clips in the trailer for this movie. Renaissance, the movie, okay? Renaissance, the movie in AMC theaters and Regal and a couple other places, okay? But AMC had the queue open. Soon as that thing dropped, I was like, okay, I thought I was going to bed. I did not. <laughs> I sat up and I waited until I got that ticket to see this movie. And and then and then I went to sleep peacefully. But there were so many clips in that trailer that were from like the show a, a couple of weeks ago. So like whoever's editing the movie, God bless you. You know, <laughs> like you got mm -hmm. you working real, real fast over there. But she's just she's just so excellent. <laughs> she's, so, she's, so, she's so excellent to me. It's the last show of my tour. Renaissance tour is over. Now Renaissance, the movie. And everybody on Twitter talking about something. Y'all, y'all was just at her concert. Now y'all gonna go to see a movie? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> when is it going to click that we're never gonna get tired of this woman? We're never gonna get tired of her. Everything she does makes me happy so i will always be tuned in forever and always i got my ticket i said on twitter a couple of days ago i was like if she does bring a movie to theaters i'm gonna do my best to try and rent a theater for some of my subscribers i've also never done a meet and greet so that would be like a double thing and i'd love to meet y'all and kiki and watch this 
two hour and 40 minute movie together. Damn, Lord of the Rings. I refuse. It's not going to just be the show. <laughs> I think there's going to be show clips. I think we're going to get music videos, visuals for like all of the songs, plus mm-hmm. the behind the scenes of the creation of the album and the creation of the tour. I, uh, <laughs> I, just, uh, I, I love, love this woman with every fiber of my being. I love, I love her. So much, and I'm so excited for this goddamn movie. It's been, it's just been a treat. Like the, <sighs> the, 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 ever since Renaissance Tour started, to like see the online impact and the discourse. Like, usually I open an internet to really toxic shit, but on Renaissance Night, there's just like really positive legend shit. Like, Beyonce's a legend, obviously. So, like, all this, like, the, from the mute challenges to Blue Ivy on stage, like, just oh, stuff that baby. makes you, you just open the internet and you're just like, only things that make me smile. Like I think back to being super young and super impressionable, like a little, little boy and going through my mom's stash of CDs and coming across the writings on the wall. Come on. I think back to that. And that's like 24, 25 years ago. We're talking 24, 25 years ago. So, and she's still here. And she's yeah, still excellent. She's still here, still Even legend shit. So. And I know I saw the stuff. I think you retweeted or something I saw online that she's the she's in the top ten of all time revenue revenue for her tour. Oh, she uh, has the that, highest grossing uh, tour by a woman ever. She's the only woman in the top ten, mm-hmm. and she's ever. and the most by a woman ever. She's also the only black person in the top ten that exists. That exists. Uh, so it's just le- just legends of shit, man. Really, I thought the weekend was in there. Not in the top ten now. Yeah, not in no. Year. I felt, and I said this, I said this too. That was the safest I felt like in a public space around so many people. Going mm. to the Renaissance tour, I felt so comfortable. And y'all know I deal with like social anxiety, like being out in public and stuff. It felt like family up in there. Everybody had such great energy. And she did like her whole spiel at like the end of the show talking about, I hope you, I hope you feel happy after this. Like, I hope you remember exactly how you feel being here, who you came with, what you're wearing, like creating like moments and just happy memories, like happiness. I feel like just ain't going on right now. (laughs) Like Like in the world, in every aspect of it happiness and joy is just not at the forefront she created and cultivated a space for us to come and be happy bro so like if you don't get it like it's not for you you're not the target audience cool but do not talk bad about this woman do not talk bad about what she has just made such a canon event for all of us (laughs) like in our mind like in our minds Mm i'm always remember the renaissance tour i'm always remember everybody in god's creation clacking they fans at the same time like just i love it i love the beehive i'm a proud member i'm not crazy member i don't call people's houses no more that was like back in 2008 (laughs) it's been a journey with beyonce i'm so happy she's still here i'm still here to witness and be around the same time that she's around and that makes me happy so This, this was act two right the movies no, the movies we don't oh, yeah, the know we don't know they said no someone found the source to... code of <laughs> someone went into the source code of like a website and it says uh you know renaissance film by beyonce or whatever act two so it, that's it's gonna be the that's gonna be the, the second act. act two i don't know um, what act three is that was my next question movie. what do we expect for act three <sighs> 
I have no. I idea. thought it was gonna be three separate albums. That's what I thought it was gonna be. But I thought, um, I thought the same thing back back when she announced it through the Act Three. Yeah, I don't know because usually from a marketing perspective, right? Like you have album, tour, music videos. So I don't know what I don't know what Act Three is gonna be because her tour was an Act Two. So yeah, I have no idea. Maybe it will be, creativity maybe it will be knows no bounds. Maybe I think visuals? we're gonna get the visuals in the movie. I think we're gonna get the visuals in the movie, like the music videos and stuff. I think they're gonna be in the movie. The movie's so, two hours and forty minutes long. So she'll cut. She'll cut like from performances to music videos, kind of. Maybe. Vibe. Yeah, I have no clue, but I, I, I'm excited regardless. My money I feel, is ready. I like. I really like how Beyonce. <laughs> I think it's been since. I I know self-titled was like a visual album like every song came with a visual but it's been since lemonade i believe where she's released music videos in like a like a movie format or like a documentary format i'm pretty sure that's been since yeah like lemonade, she did right? lemonade and then it was everything black is, is love king. wasn't uh that was her and jay-z's album that wasn't yeah a visual and then black is king and is that are those only two black is king oh and then well like homecoming was like in like a came out on like netflix or whatever but mm -hmm. i think it's really cool how she's been doing that because i had made a tweet a while ago saying like i feel like music videos are still impactful but not the way it was when it was like on 106 in park or like vh1 like they don't really hit the same they kind of get blended together with other online content and it like a lot of the time it just feels like another piece of content to me but like the way that beyonce does it it's more of like an old school release where it's like this whole project like she found a way to do that in the digital age by releasing it in this like full package like i'm saying like with black is king or lemonade like i feel like that's really genius i also feel like when you're talking about making moments it makes the music videos a moment instead of like just kind of like dropping it and then dropping another one um but like i i feel like this thing with renaissance is really interesting this whole era because i think outside of beyonce i'm not a hundred percent sure who else could just release an album tour the album then like a year later finally come out with visuals like she didn't really market renaissance like at all like she does not she not on social media not interviews like nothing like she did not market it like she was whatsoever. updating us via her instagram bio yeah and so i just feel like it's really <laughs> cool in a day and age where now don't get me wrong like that's a luxury like that's what i'm saying like it's it's you know because of everything she's done in her career she's like she can do something like that but i feel like it also makes her stand out because of how much other artists have to rely on like social media for marketing her being able to not participate in it kind of just like builds up her legendness she's <laughs> because, done her like, work it's because yeah. she's so done different her work it's because she's Facts. done her work. And you know what you're getting with Beyonce. If you don't and you brand new, then you go and learn the moment that you interact. We know whatever she's going to do is excellent. So we don't care about waiting. We don't care when it's good. We just don't care. <laughs> just tell us what it is. We will be present. That's it. So like, <laughs> she has her target audience. She has her. She got her beehive. That's yeah. who showed up and went to those concerts. That's who spent thousands of dollars on resale tickets. That's that's who popped out. She doesn't need yeah. GP. <laughs> she, does. she got she, it, though. She got it. She does have it. Does yeah, she Beyonce anymore? Has because GP uh, got absolutely. it. They were like, oh, she's black? Remember that whole thing? I, I forget who did the skit. Was it College Humor or whatever? They're like, oh, mm -hmm. my God. Breaking news. Beyonce is black. <laughs> so I feel like, like I can confidently say that, like, like Beyonce is Beyonce. 
she still started she catered she caters to her black audience now more than like, for sure it has but been I've, for years but it's definitely i i was seated right next to a cute little white gay i don't know what his name was we had a great time he came alone i came alone and he was like my daddy alabama so <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of like, you know, Kendrick has a line. What did he say? He was like, oh, damn, I'm forgetting the line right now. But basically, it's like someone like Kendrick and the music that he makes, people rarely ever get to the level of superstardom Kendrick's at with the type of music he makes. I feel like it's kind of the same thing with Beyonce as of late. It's like making the music she makes and it being as commercially successful and impactful as it is is like a rarity like that doesn't that doesn't really happen which also once again just builds on her legendness because she's doing whatever the hell she wants to do and i feel like from a level of the music creation because like even with renaissance from a sonic standpoint way different than stuff she's even done in the past and what's currently going on and what's popping i mean she like after she dropped renaissance a lot of people were trying to hop on that sonic wave but uh <laughs> but I mean, like somebody it's... tried to do it beforehand you know they was real slick with it they they really tried to they they knew it was hold coming i, I want to know in the comments you know how tell sticky me. it gets I, hold on you i want to know i want to know in the comments if people believe this conspiracy because i feel like it has weight but I just want to know. Y'all leave a comment about it. So the conspiracy is Drake wrote, uh, what song was it? Off of Heated. Songs? Heated. Drake wrote Heated. Well, some of it anyway. Um, and, you know, Beyonce got it, did her thing with it, whatever. And the conspiracy is that Honestly Nevermind dropped, I think, either one or two weeks before Renaissance. Mm -hmm. And people were saying that Drake did that because he knew the sound he Beyonce knew. was going for and wanted to like, drop something right beforehand to kind of hop on that momentum without Jesus. being called he you know, knew like a biter coming so yeah <laughs> so i just want to know if people in the comments think that's legit because it honestly never mind is weird for drake that that's something drake has never dabbled in i don't think he'll ever dabble in it again so like i feel <laughs> I, I believe in the conspiracy a little bit I do. That's, that's really weird. I mean, it's like a business decision, I guess, but that's a, that's weird behavior. Who wants it to is because then he also Beyonce's dropped her loss fire. a few months later. So it was kind of like he had her loss geared up too. So it was kind of this like throwaway album in a sense of like seeing if it would stick. I feel like it was it was strange. It was it was strange. I'm gonna say that. I love my girl. That's it. That's all. <laughs> I want. <laughs> Can we please end these conversations? Stop talking. Beyonce is Beyonce, and that's it. Stop Facts. it. That's what it is. Is Beyonce the most, the most famous, unproblematic person? <laughs> Artist, like, like controversy, stuff. like less, like less, like just people that not are really many controver controversies. People that show up in the news for stuff that doesn't have anything to do with their music. Like, you know, is she the one that's like it's all about her? You know, like. There's not stuff that pops up that's not related. Did you say an artist or a celebrity? An, an artist, an artist, because celebrity okay. can get really broad. Because I was going to say LeBron think, James. The biggest thing that she probably <laughs> was in the news for that would be considered problematic, even though she ain't technically do nothing, was that elevator thing. Oh, was, yeah, Just because she was present, you know. But, but, what, but when you're in the in the spotlight for that long, something's gonna like happen. You're gonna be a in range they talking about her marriage. They they didn't think that she actually gave birth to Blue Ivy. They said she was hiding her surrogacy. <laughs> there was like a whole. There's been a lot of stories around her, but I don't think anything that she's 
necessarily Yeah, they're all done. racist and sexist stuff. Yeah. Like when it comes to be like even with like partition, everyone's like, oh my God, she's so sexual. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember that because it was like, you know, she hadn't even though she had like sexual stuff before, partition was was like this like, you know, it was the whole was like strip like, oh. club thing or whatever. Um it's just so funny to me when people are like, You can't you can't be sexual, you're a mom. That's just so funny to me because it's like, how you have a kid, people? <laughs> how you have a kid in the talk first place. about it talk about but, it yeah no i feel like a lot of the beyonce controversies are either sexist or racist because then when the whole super bowl formation performance was crazy as far as like controversy goes but that was just racist yeah nothing she's necessarily yeah. done um, yeah the only or fat phobic like i don't know if y'all remember but i remember when bootylicious came out it was hell on earth for beyonce like everybody was calling beyonce fat and like going in on her um and like that was that was crazy that was all i remember that uh she was in the news for that a lot which is insane. that was hilarious considering how much they do for the crumb of ass that j-lo got beyonce <laughs> got too much ass right <laughs> that was crazy but yeah sure. I, so it's, I don't feel like it's anything beyonce necessarily does herself yeah no people just comment on something uh and like turn it into something controversial but yeah i don't i don't think yeah i'm, I'm trying to think of something like she did that led to controversy i can't i really think the think most controversial thing that she's done or like that she is is a billionaire but that's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right she has a You're lot right. of money she has You're a right. lot of money her husband also has a lot of money that could be considered right. problematic just on top but other than that i can't think of nothing else honestly no and her husband gets her gets himself in some more situations that we can consider problematic but that's that's for a sure that's a whole that's not that's nothing to do with her. <sighs> nothing to do with her and the only reason i even asked in the first place is because maya talked about how what a happy and and inclusive and just at home feeling space it was at her concert and I feel like that only happens when you're an artist that like really, really creates that the environment where you're not doing problematic things. I just thought of something, but I don't know if I like I don't want to speak on it. But I do know like one thing that she did recently that kind of pe- people were like, uh, especially like with everything that Renaissance is about. <laughs> I, don't, I like I don't want to speak on it because I don't really no, oh, are you really talking vote. about it's the fact my... that DJ Khaled brought all them straight no, men oh, out? No, that, oh, that too. But no, I, I was thinking more of the gender reveal thing that she did at the beginning. I know, like, people were kind of mad about that. What? Yeah. Somebody in the crowd said, Beyonce, tell us the sex of our baby. And she grabbed the little thing and said, it's a boy or a girl or whatever. If somebody yeah. mad about that, like, it wasn't even her kid. Relax. My yeah. God. I know that was just one thing I was thinking of. And like I said, I don't really want to speak. I don't feel like it's my place to speak on it, really. So. I didn't um, I didn't even think that was a real thing. People was mad about that. I feel shit. like people were people were pretty kind of mad about that, I feel like. It's like Beyonce, how would you feel? It's like Beyonce told us the sex of our child. Beyonce gave us our gender rev- please. Like people just want that's the dumbest shit to be mad over. I'm sorry. If somebody I, I, is I mad at that. Yeah. Well when you're when you are unproblematic, you gotta reach. You gotta, you gotta reach. Indeed. Well, if you want to talk about gender reveals in general and all that stuff, yeah, sure. I agree with all of that, but getting mad at Beyonce because somebody was like <laughs> I think it was just like this space like the inclusive space of renaissance that you're speaking about and kind of like the same thing as far as like the artist Khaled was bringing up I feel like that's just what rubbed people the wrong way kind of like it's you know how Chloe got a ton of flack for working with Chris Brown right mm-hmm. like but Chris Brown will work with other people it's like 
just knowing your audience, knowing what space you're in. I feel like that's just why I wrote. Okay, people from that from that standpoint, yeah. okay, I get that. But I I that's news to me. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's that. I was just I don't know. It just popped up in my head. That's just the only thing I was thinking about. Eh, I guess from that standpoint, I definitely I definitely understood why people was mad because they had them. Straight men and outwardly homophobic men up there on the Renaissance stage performing and things. Um, that was a choice. Uh, but she's had a lot, well, throughout the tour, had a lot of queer opening acts as well. But I understand that was valid why people were upset about that. I did not know people were mad about the whole gender thing because it was like it was just such a quick second yeah, like she goes thing. through the crowd and like reads people's signs and shit. Like, you know, it, I forgot yeah. all about that. But I guess, I guess from that standpoint, that makes sense too. But yeah, Beyonce, it, you see how we got to really sit and dissect? Yeah, we we got to reach. We yeah, there's no reach. like major headline thing that's like ever really happened. Oh, I just love her. That's it. That's all. I hope you guys get your tickets to the um to the Renaissance <laughs> movie experience. To, mm, mm. But no, what, since we're talking about problematic, let's move. Hold on. Let's, since we're talking about that, I, I feel like I want to transition that into talking about standums, okay? Because, you know, you talk about the beehive, all that kind of stuff, whatever. I, I'm not. Okay. So, where do I start with this? Last week, we were talking about uh, Doja's album. And, you know, we were hypercritical of it. I wouldn't even say hypercritical. We were just critical of it, right? We are just giving our opinions. And then created some Twitter beef. We got into it with some stands. I'm not going to talk about that specific situation. But as that was happening, I'm just over here thinking about all these different things with um, just standum and everything like that. I think at its core, the idea of being a stand is actually really cool uh, to me. Like, just the idea of feeling like super connected to an artist, repping them. Like it's no different than wearing a basketball jersey from your favorite team, right? Yeah. It's you're a fan, you're a supporter. Like I feel like that's really cool. And like it's a sense of community, right? I, I feel like that's cool. However, there's like extremists in each fan base, like the trolls and the extremists that go too far with stuff. And I feel like as stuff was happening to me, right? <laughs> and like some of these comments that were happening, I'm just sitting here like, man, some of y'all are just in digital blackface. Some of y'all are just over here uh, commenting on black art and black this and black that with, you know, a black person in your profile picture. And I know a majority of y'all are white. <laughs> I just know a majority of y'all are white. And it, that, that was rubbing me the wrong way. That, that was rubbing me the wrong way, 100%. Clock. And then... <laughs> um, another thing I, 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 we could start there, but another thing I want to also talk about in this conversation and get y'all's opinions on it too, is just like knowing that like a lot of stands are white. Um, and a lot of the conversations that stands have have to do with like the appearance of black women. And that also has begun to rub me the wrong way too. Once I realized that, um, because it's just, it's, it's these conversations that's like in one breath, you're trying to hype up one artist saying this and that and the outfits they're wearing and how they look. But then like you're tearing down other women, mostly black women a lot of the time, about their appearance and everything like that just for the sake of the artist that you do like. And I, it's just, it just it just rubs me the wrong way. Just like the, yeah, those are like the two things that I've been thinking about a lot when it comes to standing. Just like the digital blackface and then what you're doing behind a black profile picture knowing you're white. And like the Using things your that you're doing to other black people, right? Like it's just, yeah. it's a lot. Child, listen, I, 
First of all, <laughs> yes to everything that she said. The digital blackface, talking to your AAVE, you trying to be down, you trying to have conversations about the girls, and you're not a black person. Your opinions are moot. They mean they mean they mean absolutely nothing. And then on top of that. It's just so it's just so disrespectful. Really you know, is. as a real born black woman, hey hi, how you doing? <laughs> I just exist. I get online every day and I'm so glad I don't have to pretend to be black. I just am. Uh and, and I I I feel very protective naturally. I feel very protective, but the but what you said about them commenting on black women's bodies and being like, oh, you oversexual or you're not doing too much of this or, oh, I missed when she looked like this. So I did like, like, it all feels, it just all feels very disgusting. And I've never been able to describe why <laughs> or like mm-hmm. how completely. Cause I'm like, show your face, show your face. That's yeah. all, that's all it's also, it's a lot of men on. doing it. It's a lot of men yeah, doing it. And like all, that adding that to it too is like like what like what are we really doing here? <laughs> like, that's all I'm gonna say from now on. I'm gonna be like, show your face. Let's see what you look like doing all this talking, uh uh behind, like you said, this black avatar. I feel like being blackness in general and and being a black person has become I don't know how to describe this. It's the weirdest shit. It's like y'all, y'all want to judge us, but also want to be us. And it's just weird. And I'm like, pick a side. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I would just like to know how you actually feel. Because in one hand, you talking about this, that's that. And y'all, and all these profiles also talking horrible stuff about people like Sexy Red and other black women who they don't deem to be quote unquote classy and all of this other shit. And I'm just like, this is not your lane. This is not your area to have opinions at all. So why are you speaking? (laughs) And I, and it's gotten to a point where I just, I it rolls off my back. Cause I'm like, baby, you probably not even black behind this profile talking all this mess to me. You like, I don't, I've been doing my best not to take it personally, but the other last week when we had all of our, our Doja discourse, I'm not, this is no shade to you, Bobby. This is no shade no, go, to you go for it. whatsoever when I say this, but they knew not to come into my inbox with that bullshit. <laughs> 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 that, look, that, that baby knew not to send that shit to me. Talk about some keep Doja algebra about. They knew. They sent it to you instead. So like, it's stuff like nah, that. Like you, y'all want to talk all this shit about black women, but a black woman's right in your face, and you will never address me. I know, just all of y'all talking, not adding me though, because you know what it is. <laughs> no, it's. I feel like in a way, it like like ninety five percent of that type of hate, and like the like the type of hate and the type of comments would not fly if their profile picture was a white person, and yeah. they know that. So, like, they're able to use a black artist to have even more, like, uh, to be even more anonymous so that people don't look at the comments sideways. Because, like, there are a lot of racial undertones in a lot of these comments. And if it was a white person on the profile picture, they already know, like, what type of, like, drama they would get themselves into. Mm. 
so it it yeah it's I feel like i've been wanting to talk about that for a while i don't know if i have too much to say about it though because it's not really something to discuss a lot because like it just is what it is like i'm right. like it's just calling out the problem for what it is and i feel like i i was trying to like put myself in their shoes and it's just wild to like even think about the idea of just using a black artist profile picture just to go talk shit about black people that's like that's a crazy (laughs) concept (laughs) like that that's a wild concept and it's yeah it yeah i i don't know i don't really have too much else to say about that i think these kinds of conversations it's important for me as an example to take a backseat the same way that these people should be taking a backseat uh so uh, I think it. I think like you can comment on it though. You know what I'm yes. saying? It's just like as far as I don't. Like, I think it's fine to comment on it. The whole thing I would say is there's like levels to stand-up. Like there's reasonable stands, and then there's there the, is. then there's this next level, like what you guys are describing. These are the people that are like touching celebrities when you see them, like feeling entitled to a photo when celebrities like a dinner with their family or something like that. People that are like. There's, throwing shit on stage throwing shit on stage is a whole because yeah. it's, it's a funny sense of entitlement is what it is and i feel like it, that's exactly what you guys were dealing with the people that feel entitled to defend their artists that they stand so hard at all costs even if that cost is racism <laughs> like that go. shit was insane because yeah there's a lot of great stands i've met a, like a lot yeah. of a lot of my fans are stands they're cool we've built relationships and stuff like they're like it's cool but yeah that's all i say it's like the extremists the trolls it's like y'all gotta go do something like that's a that's a lot of energy to put forth you know it's like even, <laughs> I, and do i don't know about something. y'all but i feel like i literally have never and i'm i'm dead serious i don't think i've ever gone on youtube or TikTok or something ever. Okay, we'll just say YouTube because on TikTok you can't even do this. I've like never downvoted a video in my life. <laughs> I've never downvoted a video. I've never left a hate comment. Like if I don't like something, I just leave the video. Like I don't yeah. even think to. <laughs> I've definitely enjoy. downvoted some Andrew Tate shit, so I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a community in hate. There's, there's a bandwagon effect. There's, oh look, let's all jump on this one person. Cause like you said, I don't know how about you, but I blocked so many people that day, and you know I love blocking. Oh yeah, so I was just blocking sure. people left and right. But they be talking amongst themselves, and they're like, "Oh, this person said this, go drag them." Oh, this person said this, go do whatever. Like there's community in that as well. So it really just is where are you placing your energy? Because like I agree with Michael from the standpoint, there are some really like stands and music is the exact same. I also don't like the when you're comparing it. We're fans of music the same way y'all fans of sports or video exactly. games or yeah, whatever yeah. else. So like y'all sitting up and calling stands crazy because they like support these people is actually really dumb in my opinion. But there are levels to it, and and you just gotta be respectful. That's it. Be respectful of other people's opinions. We're not all gonna have the same opinions and that is perfectly fine. We did not get up on here and talk about that woman's family, her like it be any type of disrespectful. We just said we didn't particularly enjoy these things. We also talked about a lot of things that we did enjoy. So if y'all got selective hearing, that's a you problem, baby. But we very much explained ourselves thoroughly and concisely. Does it bother you more that we make sense? 
does it bother does it bother you more that we don't have to be disrespectful in in order to articulate our point because we don't yeah know? i don't think we've really been disrespectful to anybody like like for real since we started the talk like we we don't really harp on no that's not you know, what we we're do. not here talking about people's bodies. We're not here talking about like we don't. Really, yeah, we just we're, we haven't really said anything disrespectful. We we just yeah. kind of discuss like, yeah, like our different opinions on the music. Um, like we'll bring up the cultural things for sure. That's important. But I feel like we usually stick to that. Like why like this topic is important. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm not going to treat us like Tasha K. I'm so That's what sorry. I'm saying. Like, and I had made a tweet. <laughs> I had made a tweet saying that, like, I feel like it's the podcasters, the bloggers, everybody who, like, genuinely have had, like, malicious intent to just talk shit and hate on all these artists. So now anytime anyone's even a little bit critical of someone, they see it as this, like, attack. And then they feel like they have to defend people. uh, And they're just, like, so on edge and everything. But I can tell y'all, like, from now till the end of this podcast, like, that's not what we're about that's not what we're about at all. That's not what we're doing. We never want to do that. So it's um, like, it is what it is. I just, yeah, I don't know. That, that's my take on that. It's like, it's like the biggest conversation we had before we started. It was. It was. <laughs> we were like, how do we want to do yes, this? How do we want that? to approach these topics? Do we want, because like we all said, we care about personhood. We talking about these people like they're people because they are regardless of status and money and access and all those other things. We're always going to approach things with respect. And if we disagree, we disagree, but we're not going to have to be, like we said, rude in order to make our points, bro. Mm Y'all did a lot. And again, from now until the end of (laughs) this situation, we going to do us. So if you don't want to hear about it, you don't like that we have differing opinions and things. Nobody's forcing you to watch, Pooh. You can go elsewhere. There are mm-hmm. other blogs and other people talking shit that you can go listen to, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like who are actually talking shit. Go. Scat. And those things do well, too. Shout out to all those. They all, do. All no, those, we like All those shows that, that thrive off of. They neg- thrive on that negativity. Now. Yeah. No, man. we went like, because what Michael was speaking to, you know, when, when we were getting you know, ready to do this. We were talking about like the foundation of what we were going to do. And like the biggest conversation was like having the, like staying true to our values and our morals. And we were like, you know, it's really crazy. Cause like when you look at other successful podcasts and everything like that, that's not typically how it goes. And we were just like, we know this will like affect the viral aspect, the outreach, because people love to be outraged. <laughs> Period. <laughs> people love to be outraged. But we're not like doing that to farm for clicks and stuff like that. So, but we made like the conscious decision like not to do shit like that. So, that's a um, damn shame because it worked last week. <laughs> <laughs> it really just proved our all point. All y'all hate, hate, all that noise y'all made, all that hate drove our shit up. And that is a it's shame. Crazy. That is a shame. It's, Looking at our analytics, like, wow. It really is a just, shame. That is so annoying. We're not going to be on here. To, I'm not going to talk shit. Just y'all. Like, at least it was organic it. outrage, though, because we it definitely did organic. not farm for that. <laughs> definitely organic. did not farm for that. I had a quick hitter. 
Uh, it was about album rollouts uh, because we kind of briefly, briefly touched on it in the Beyonce conversation. Ed Sheeran just dropped an album recently called Autumn Variations. I actually haven't got the chance to listen to it yet. You're both surprised. And the point is, Ed Sheeran didn't promote it. There's no singles. There's no music videos. Oh, he, he pulled a Beyonce. He literally just said, Try to. Here, here you go. But the, the thing is, only an Ed Sheeran can get away with that. Only a Beyonce can get away with that. Only some, but also, by the way, like this is like off topic because the most recent YouTube comment I got on my personal channel was on my vinyl collections video that I posted. And they were, I think the, the, the comment literally says word for word, like, you were really cool, man, until you pulled out an Ed fucking Sheeran vinyl. Let people like what they like. Like, you also, like, Ed Sheeran hate is just weird. Hate on any artist that doesn't bother you on a personal level is just weird. I never uh, understood the Ed Sheeran hate. Like, is it just yeah. like people think he's corny or lame? Or there's there's no like, there's no logical, real, valid reason for it. It's just I was wondering if he did something because I wasn't tapped in. I was like, did he yeah. do something? He's not even online. He doesn't even have a cell phone. He uses an iPad to send business emails. He takes care of his kids and his wife. He minds his own damn business. He has kids and a wife. Yeah, he doesn't. Just you don't know, know shit about him because he's the most. <laughs> He might he talk about unproblematic. Like he's up there with the, some of the more unproblematic artists. He just minds his own business, but people like to get on him probably because of the way he looks. Probably because he's not like he doesn't look like a pop star. I'm sure that's got something to do with it. But anyways, that's not even the point. The point is that I wanted to talk about album rollouts just a little bit because I've always been curious as somebody that would like to have an album rollout on my own one day. And I've seen album rollout, and I know you, I know you feel the same way, Maya, right? Like I know yeah. I, I know you watch these artists with these album rollouts, and sometimes I, I scratch my head a little bit at <laughs> what they're doing. And then there's other times I'm like, like with with the Beyonce and the way she did Lemonade and Taylor Swift, who's really mastered at like really, really mastered album rollouts. Um, whether it's like Easter egg stuff, whether it's announcing albums at award shows or folklore, Taylor just dropped in the middle of the night. Nobody knew about it. But again, you can only be Taylor and get away with that. Or you can only be Beyonce, Ed Sheeran. What do you guys think is a good album rollout? And what do you guys think is a bad album rollout? I, I'm trying to think because I, I well, first of all, I love seeing like whatever form of creativity they're using to build it and like how obscure they want to be or how like mysterious and stuff like that. I think the only thing for me that constitutes a bad rollout would be that it was too quick. I'm trying to think of the last album. I'll use Megan Traumazine as an example because I didn't even have time to catch up to that when it dropped i was like damn there was like no real rollout for this like i had no clue it was coming and there was so much other music dropping so i didn't even get a chance to react to that and i loved that album that would have been such a good reaction but i didn't have time to plan at all because i was like damn when is this shit coming out and then it was just out mm -hmm. you know and i was like well what happened to like there i'm trying to think of were there singles from traumazine yeah her uh was a single but that was like way before was that body though body, body was too, on there, I, think. I think yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but the and, rollout uh, itself for the rest of the album, I was like, this went by really quick. It was like no rollout for real. So I think that's the only thing for me that constituted may constitute it as being like bad. If it's just too quick, then I, I missed it or yeah, that is too quick. I, okay. I have two answers. One, I feel like for artists that like smaller artists, I just believe in flooding the market, like fuck an album rollout. I don't think it matters at all. 
I think you flood the market till you get some type of attention and then you can decide like how you're going to do some type of rollout or marketing or whatever, like fly in a boss, for example. I was right? just like, going to say. Yeah, like how they hit it uh, with that song and they just kept marketing it and marketing it and marketing it. Like, that's cool. But like they shouldn't even really be thinking about an album rollout, really. Like they should just be. I, it's such a singles market, right? Like even ice spice for example ice spice did like i honestly ice spice has been the best artist rollout that i have seen in like a very long time like she was just consistent as far as each single dropping had like a cultural relevance to it which was great and then she kept running with that and then what she did that was really smart she she, she dropped the ep so it's like you know not too much music to listen to gets people engaged and then when she hit with the um Taylor Swift collab and then the Nicki collab she just made the EP that she had a deluxe version instead of making a whole album that was really smart <laughs> like and that was really like smart more songs. yeah to add it to yeah. the EP that was really smart to do that I feel like she still wasn't at a place where the album was necessary the debut album I think now she can like drop the debut album and it would like she'd be able to like do the typical rollout of marketing stuff crazy like that. For her too. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be insane at this <sighs> point. So like her like being patient with it that that was good. Uh, but like when you talk about people like Beyonce, you talk about people like Taylor Swift and everybody who like don't really need marketing at all. I think it's all about how unique you can make the rollout. Like I think I think that's what it's really about. It's not any type of you know, in this day and age with how marketing works, you don't have to do because before a good rollout would be showing up on 106 in Park, showing up on Good Morning America, showing up like on all these things, getting your music videos out there like it was like formulaic. I think mm -hmm. now it's more like, OK, everybody's doing this, so I'm going to do this. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? because a lot of the smaller artists, you have to be somewhat similar as other people because how algorithms work is they show what's familiar so you have to be somewhat familiar to get some type of engagement but if you already have an audience it's like nowadays it's best to do something super far left like and that's how you stand out and beyonce did that by disappearing <laughs> like i feel yeah. like because everyone is so in your face and like so Beyonce did it by disappearing and because like when you're so used to something being there the absence of it is sometimes louder than the presence of it mm. and like that's just how that works sometimes like when something is missing you go well where is it right like where are the visuals that's why we're talking about them so much is because they don't exist as soon as they come out they're not gonna have as long as a conversation as there's been since they've been missing <laughs> like that's just the facts that's how it's gonna be and so yeah, I think the rollouts nowadays is just about how different you could be. That's why Barbie worked so well. Uh, the marketing was so different from how movie marketing usually works. It was so they different. They saturated everything. Yeah, here. and it was just like, because the idea of like Barbie land and kind of like being in a different fantasy, they like brought that to the real world in like a meta mm -hmm. kind of way. So that really worked for them. And so, yeah, like that, that, that's kind of my take on the rollout. So, yeah. I think you it's know, different for the different stages of where you are as an artist. We're on opposite ends. Oh, okay. Yeah. What do you think? Because I think that, I think, and this is probably just real personal. I think that the greatest momentum an artist can build is through personal relationships. And the only way that can happen is in person, in my opinion. Mm. And, and mm. you, you can't, 
meet people in person unless you tour and you can't tour without an album so i don't really like at all singles that just mm. exist in perpetuity uh like these these artists that drop these singles and that's all they've got going on for like a year plus i've never been a big fan of that i've always been disappointed by not seeing albums from them because then i know i'm even further from seeing them in person so i've just i just personally like olivia rodrigo is a perfect example because driver's license came out right the album came out like very shortly after but her first single was a hit though her first single was a hit and i'm that's that, that helped a lot I'm sure and also, was, she was already like in the industry, though. But okay, go ahead. Go. I'm, I'm sorry. She, I'm sorry. No, she was in the industry. Yeah, she was. I I would say that she was bigger as an actor than she was as a musician. Yeah. Bef before Driver's License, Driver's License put one in front of the other. It elevated her musicianship over her acting. And obviously, like everything's planned, right? So when she dropped Driver's License, we know she already had the album ready. And we know she had the tour ready. And I think that, like I saw Olivia on tour, I think that that created a different relation. Like Olivia's not a very online person as far as like social media and stuff. And I think that her tour created a level of mania that wouldn't have otherwise existed had she not dropped an album and been able to tour because she had the album. And that's just, that's just where I exist. Like, it's just different yeah. than you. I'm just not a fan. <clears throat> like, perfect example, right? Maya. If Normani had an album and a tour versus what she's done so far, where would she be in her career? Oh, wow. <laughs> God damn. You I mean, if, if motivation and wild side if, if, and she, if she took advantage of the momentum all... she built with those singles and actually dropped an album versus just dropping these singles and kind of disappearing... When Wildside dropped, I thought the album was coming because it was, it was just such a fucking hit. It was, it was just perfect to me, and I was like, "There's no way the album doesn't come out after this." The momentum behind that, they had, she had people doing the challenges on TikTok, trying to do like the dance, the Sean Bankhead choreography. I was like, "Come on, man, come on, come on, come on!" But obviously, circumstances out of her control, lots of other things going yeah. on. So, so I, yeah, yeah, I, so, we, yeah. I think we're why we're on the opposite ends of the spectrum is because I feel like you're talking about it from a fan perspective and how you connect as a fan. And yeah. I was thinking more of like an artist and like a like a career sense because like dropping an album too early could like ruin your career. Like if you're on a label and you drop an album too early, like you can get shelved if it like doesn't do well. Right. right. So I feel like the idea of making sure that you have the attention and the momentum and the influence to drop an album and make sure it does well enough that they'll invest in you again is like that. That's kind of where I was coming from because like, yeah, like you could, you could drop an album and you'd be able to tour, but also you got to like sell the tickets, which is also an interesting situation now where we're seeing that these artists that are streaming well, aren't necessarily selling well, uh, tour wise. And so like, there's a, there's a, um, analytically i feel like it's really hard for executives right now to tell like how big an artist actually is from a selling standpoint like it's, it's really hard um and like i'm i promise i'm not saying this with no shade I, i'm not saying this with no shade at all but like doja selling six thousand pure sales is crazy like when you like when you think of how big her brand is to how much she's selling with that six thousand pure sales like that just doesn't add up but we see that a lot like with different people and so I, it's, I think it's hard from like a business sense 
to decide when to drop an album and when to tour and all that. Cause like there's a lot of resources and a lot of planning and stuff that has to go into that. So I feel like when you're talking about like Olivia Rodrigo, that that's a little bit different. Cause like she was on Disney channel um, and like people knew who she was already. Now granted driver's license was a smash hit and no one expects for their debut single to just be like one of the biggest songs of the decade. Right. But so like that was like, so she's kind of like an outlier, I would say. And I also think on the other side, like when you're bringing up Normani, I feel like she's an outlier, too, because like due to her own personal circumstances and probably her manager and all this. Like, I feel like there's a lot of different things that have right. built up into her not dropping not even just the album, but just more music in general. So I, I feel like it's it, it's hard. It's really it hard to judge when you're actually hitting as an artist. Like, it's really hard to tell now because. The monthly listeners don't really describe it well. The streams don't really describe it well. So it's really hard to just gauge like when when you're ready to like drop that album. Uh, and this is only like once again, this is I feel like what I'm saying is only for signed artists. Like if you're an independent artist, then I think rollouts are way different. I yeah. think as an independent artist, you drop whenever you want to. I'm mm. like you, you drop a single whenever you want to, you drop an album whenever you want to, and you just have this like one-to-one relationship with your fans, kind of like you talk about Mike. Like you could just, it's way easier. There's no red tape. There's no anything in your way. So yeah, I, it really depends. I don't know what y'all think about all that. I'm gonna bring up bring up a couple more examples outside mm-hmm. of Olivia, outside Normani. You guys might not be familiar with these artists because they live more in the pop world and something I'm probably more familiar with. But there's artist called Noah Khan. There's an artist called Ethel Kane, and mm-hmm. both of them both of them have built an insane amount of momentum that they had that they did not have prior to dropping their albums. They kind of came out of nowhere. And it's because I feel like we've almost lost the art of letting the art speak for itself. When you create an album that's great and you just drop it, I feel like that speaks for itself ten times out of ten. Mm. And I feel I like a, I agree with that. Anymore. I feel like a lot of the times when those albums do go flat, it's a product of what the album was. Mm. I feel like when we get these great albums Ooh. and they just I don't get know. and Noah Khan is the perfect example, and I'm so glad that I have him as an example because he was nobody knew about him before aside from like his super super diehard fans obviously nobody knew about him before he dropped an album called stick season it exploded and now he's arena touring and it's only because he dropped an amazing it's an amazing project he dropped this amazing project it got a lot of hype and heat after it dropped because people started hearing about it and heard it it was great now he's arena touring and he would have never had that momentum had he not kind of just done what he did and dropped the project I love that. I, I do think pop is hype. I think pop is yeah. also different than like hip hop, R and B. Like I think I think it's a little bit different when you're talking about marketing and you're talking about um, like albums and stuff like that because pop is way more album based still to this day compared to like other genres. It's yeah. it's very um, yeah. Like when you think pop, you don't really think of like single, single, single. Like it, it's very much still project based. Pop artists really get based off of their project and their eras in like a whole. I feel like that's not necessarily like how rap works right now um, or even R&B. I don't really feel like that's how R&B works either. It's interesting when you say like the good music speaks for it speaks for itself. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel <laughs> like, yes, if people hear your music and it's good, obviously they're going to return to it. As far as momentum and stuff like that, I don't know. Like you would still have to take people liking your music and market the hell out of it. 
Not really. Like, people, people, I, people will do that for you. It markets itself when it's good. It does. And the thing about that is once you... <sighs> First of all, everybody loves an underdog. Everybody loves everybody loves being on the ground floor of something that they think is incredible. And if they find an artist that they know nobody in their immediate circle or friends yep. know about, they're going to spread that shit like wild. How many how many, Ethel Kane, how many Ethel Kane comments have you seen? Ethel Kane doesn't speak. Ethel Kane is I on don't... my next list for Fresh Face Friday. They Silence. voted for her. Hmm. Silence. No promo. No nothing. And the artist is expo- completely. I don't even exploded. know what she looked like. I don't it's... know what her speaking voice sounds like. But there's all also something to be said about that as far as it's the quality of whatever you putting out man that's the difference no shade no shade a lot of other things besides the quality of music is what's focused on in regards to music it's about image it's about the way that you present yourself and and all of that versus creating an excellent body of work i feel like if we had more consistently <laughs> More consistent people dropping excellent bodies of work. You wouldn't feel the way that you do, Bobby. But the point of the matter is, is that we're used to getting the little one-offs. We're used to having uh, this person having a moment, this person having a moment, blah, blah. But not, not something centered around their actual art, like a full project. I agree with Michael from the standpoint of that if the music is good, you can do anything, dog. If the music is good and it reaches the right people, you can do anything. The fact that I don't even know what that boy's name, Noah, what's his name? Noah Khan, exploding And he's right doing now. arenas arena, right arena, now? Arena tour. I'm going to go see him in MSG. I feel like there's validity in that. I feel like there's validity in that, bro. Like, I love like- Sabrina. I feel I'm, like quality is subjective. Oh, there you go with that so, shit. See, I feel listen. like quality is very, very subjective. Um, there you go with that I shit, think man. the only thing in music where quality is not subjective, and even I'll say less subjective, is like there's such a thing as like good singing. You know what I'm saying? Like there, like there's a like a technical <laughs> aspect to it. But even then, a lot of people like some bad singers. But anyway, like there's like a level of quality there. <laughs> On the production side of things, it's like, yeah, like a mic like this sounds better than a, a mic inside of a MacBook. Like there's quality things you could do from like that that like sound better, for example. But like from <laughs> a creation of music standpoint, I don't know. I don't, like it's, it's very subjective. It's a very subjective. Some stuff like, is just objective, bro. But here's I the, do, out, the outlying qualities of music. Like I could, listen... There's so many things. That's why I like blank slates. I like not knowing somebody and hearing their shit and being like, oh, this is fire. I could look them up as a person and be like, ooh, damn, they suck. Or like, I don't like what they <laughs> But that person you this. think sucks, someone else is probably their favorite artist. It's someone that you think is amazing. I could probably think they suck. So it's, it's subjective. It's subjective. <sighs> another, another agree to disagree. This is, this is my favorite show so far, probably. <laughs> It's, I, it's true though it's very subjective like there's artists that i think that are absolute boo-boo that it's you know they got a gigantic fan base so it's you know <laughs> like and i think the quality's bad but everybody thinks it's there so it's it's would you like to say any names oh yeah sure if i can think of some hold on let me think like on a really rap side poppin'. um really like i can't get into travis scott at all yeah like, travis yeah. scott's probably like the biggest rapper out outside outside of drake um i can't get into 
like kind of like any of this wave like i don't even know the subgenre, but like the little dirks the nba young boys the little babies like that's how i can't get into them at all but some people some people were calling little baby like the next coming of little wayne like a couple years ago i heard and that so it's heard like it. you know like it is what it is you know and then like even like on a pop side like i'm sure i could think of some pop artists too but like <laughs> even though i don't like travis scott like talking about from a quality standpoint i will say like the like on utopia like i feel like the quality is like a hundred percent there mm -hmm. like the artistry is insane like from a production level um and then even like he was he was spitting on there but like yeah so i feel like there's levels to quality being objective like you can you can tell when like there's a lot that goes into something like you you can definitely tell yes. there's a lot that goes into something and something's like half baked you could definitely tell but some people even on the half baked stuff maybe like this is quality shit right here depends and who on, am i to know, judge where you are in your walk of life <laughs> i guess so all right, so it's been actually tomorrow. Tomorrow last year, I was supposed to go see Shawn Mendes on tour. And it's been a little over a year now that he canceled his tour, his entire tour at the start of it uh, because of mental health struggles. And we want to talk about depression, mental health struggles are something we all go through, uh, the three of us, in different ways and similar ways. So I kind of want to, Bobby's somebody that really wanted to get into this. I kind of want to leave the floor open for you now. Ooh, it's such a big topic, right? very so much you can say i think the reason why i wanted to talk about it this week is just because you know i even opened up the podcast saying like this last week i've been super depressed and i feel like i don't even know if i have any type of uh, i don't know if i have any type of point i want to make or anything like that just let I it think, flow let it flow bro we'll bounce off of each other yeah yeah because yeah, i know like like you said we've all been going through it i think this week was just really hard for me i get overwhelmed a lot due to my um i so i have a disease called cystic fibrosis i know i've like talked about being sick on here before but never really like said what's going on so cystic fibrosis is a, it's a genetic disorder uh it like mainly affects your lungs and your digestive system uh like when i was born in 94 they had told my mom i'd probably live to like around 10 years old uh, so I've far surpassed that. And a lot of it has to do with like modern medicine. Like there's a lot of advances with the treatments for it, which is great. I think like the average life expectancy now is like in the, I think, I think it actually might've went into the fifties now. And so there's a lot of pressure that comes with all of that due to, you know, like I have a family and I want to be able to provide for them and things like that. But there's so many things in society that like make it impossible to do so like i can't get life insurance for example and like there's some that i can but the policy is so it's bad right because like i'm a high risk person to get it just there, there's so many policies like that which make it hard to live with a chronic illness in society and like this last week it was just like ah uh, like it just it, it hit me so hard like it just it hit me so hard i think it, it just makes it so hard to parent and to be a husband and like the responsibilities just like we're stacking up and it, it's so frustrating because it's like i know what i want to do but then like i get in this loop where if i'm not physically feeling good enough to do something that like starts depressing me and then the depression makes me not want to do things but then also like when I'm in the, so it's like this cycle of like physically feeling bad into depression and then it like eats on itself like over and over. It like, it, it makes me spiral and it gets worse and worse and worse. And like, there has to be something that like 
breaks me out of it. And honestly, it's nothing like, there's nothing that'll like do it. Like for me, it's more of like a weathering of a storm. I don't know if that's how it works for y'all, but it like just has to like pass. Like it can't be like, oh, I can go do this thing I love and it'll make me feel better or whatever. Like it's just this like all encompassing thing that just has to like go away on its own. And I just ha have to wait for it to be over. So it, it's just wow. like this. And so like the last week was just like me waiting like for it to be over and I got like nothing done and then being unproductive makes me like get into that spiral too because like like I said I want to like provide and like I want to get healthier but like how do I get healthier when like my coping mechanisms make me unhealthier so it's just like this like this cycle is so hard to get out of. And I, I don't think I'm completely out of it yet. I think it's more manageable right now. I'm, I'm a, it, yeah, that's just, that's just kind of where I'm at right now. The whole weathering thing and waiting for it to be over is so fucking relatable. Yeah. <laughs> so that shit is so relatable. I, well, I don't know. I haven't talked about like my therapy journey on here. Not yet anyway, but I was in intensive therapy for like four and a half years so I learned all the different tools and, you know, different ways to like help with my depression, deep breathing, journaling and all this other stuff. My problem is when I'm depressed, I don't want to do that shit. Exactly. <laughs> like, no. It's so exactly. it's so hard to try. And I've never been able to like accurately describe it. It's like I know exactly what I could do right now to make myself feel better. I can't do it. Mm -hmm, exactly. And, it, and, it, and it's like, well, why can't you? And all of that. So I do my best, especially when I'm like that. I just try not to interact with anybody. And that's really bad. But like all my friends Same. know, it's like Maya's in her little bubble. Like I'm not really. And it makes it so hard with like our jobs specifically. Because I'm like, I just feel like I'm disappointing people. And, and I'm, it, it's all of that. So like, I feel like I've been really open, at least with my audience about when I make content, I'm putting all of my energy into this because like, yeah. this is the energy that I have right now. You know what I'm saying? And it brings me joy. It makes me happy. I wish I was in a space to like do more, do things like super, super, super consistently. But Especially with me, like these last couple of months, like I've lost several people and it's, I've been trying to give myself grace. Like I haven't posted on my channel in I think like two weeks now because I was telling everybody what I was dealing with and I was like, bro, I just can't like, and I feel bad. I, I'm like, I have patrons. I have, I feel like I just, people are depending on me for certain things and I can't come mm -hmm. through and that makes me more depressed because I'm like, like even right now sitting here with you guys, I'm like, I have the energy to do this. Cause I'm with you guys, you know, like, and I, it, it frees my mind up like at least a little bit, Same. but like doing shit alone, like it, just in my head right now, it's just been really, really difficult and it affects everything. So I also started medication. Like since I took a break from making videos, I started medication uh, for my depression and I feel it's it's getting there and I'm like okay I'm feeling I'm feeling like a little bit of the effects like I don't know it could be placebo child don't give me a line but like I I, I want to feel better I, I I take the medication and like these last uh couple of days it's been like easier for me to get out of bed I noticed which is like a big thing for me I I'm hoping that it'll continue like lifting me up and even with that and I know like both of you guys like take medication too and like this is my first time going around so I'm really hoping what I'm really hoping to get out of it is just ease 
just a little bit easier. A little bit. Like, I just need, like, a yeah. little bit of help. Just keep me lifted up, like, just a little bit so I can, like, push through. But it, it's a lot, man. It's a lot all the time. I don't know how many times I can say, like, it's a daily thing for me. It's not a, like, you know, people have situational depression, like, no, nah, it's like it's like that all the time. So mm-hmm. I have to like do my absolute best to push through. Um, and when I can't, I don't beat myself up about it anymore, which I think is a good thing. But it's still there. It's it's always there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, for sure. I'm, I'm. I feel like we're all in the same exact wavelength. Yeah, mine, mine is weathering the storm for sure. Just like knowing it's gonna pass at some point, not knowing when. Uh, but just having to deal with it until it does. And my coping mechanisms are so unhealthy and they're like overeating, uh, burying myself in content, just much like you, Bobby, with the show you were watching. Mm-hmm. But like that stuff just makes it worse because I'm not doing the stuff I'm supposed to be doing to get myself out of it. But you you can't do anything else but feel stuck in the coping mechanisms. And um, I do, I wanna, I wanna talk a little bit too, because we're here the three of us and we have a platform and we're able to talk about these things publicly. We have a voice. I want to talk about the people that suffer in silence. And that's like whether you have no one to talk to or whether you don't say shit because you don't think it matters. It's not going to change shit. So you don't say shit as there's people like that as well. I've been through that. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's like the, what's the point? Like, well, What's Same. the what's the point of talking about it? Because what the fuck is it going to change? Yeah. Um, that mentality. Whether you're struggling to make ends meet, you don't have the resources to go see somebody to talk to or get medication. That's there's a, that's like a huge huge population uh, of that. Side note: I live in Texas. It's the worst state in the country as far as mental health resources go. You're in Florida. It's not far behind. There's so many adults that are uninsured. It's got the most percentage of adults that are uninsured. The highest percentage of adults with a cognitive disability who could not see a doctor due to costs. It's got the the highest percentage of youth who had a major depressive episode in the past year and did not receive treatment. And like... It makes me think of politicians that like when there's a mass shooting and they want to talk about it's not the guns, it's mental health, but then they don't do fucking shit about Don't do health. anything at all. Yeah. Um, but that's besides, that's besides that's besides the point. But, but like I suffered in silence for a long, long time, so I wanted to speak to everyone that suffered in silence and yeah. is currently suffering in silence. Talking about that, let's zoom it out for a second. Bobby, zoom out. Bobby, Big picture, Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> yeah. No, let's talk about it because... There's something that I've realized within the last three months that has simultaneously freed me from a lot of shame, but also made me way more depressed. <laughs> but hey, like it is what it is. I've realized that there, there were so many things I would blame myself for when it came to my mental health. Um, like even like what we're talking about, like we know there's things we could do to make us feel better, but we just don't do it. Like I always just felt like I was miss, like I was doing something wrong or like I was missing the thing, whether it was medication or just like some type of knowledge or whatever to like make me be able to feel better, do better, whatever. But like what I've realized is like, like we're not failing ourselves a lot of the time it's like society failing us a lot right like with what michael's talking about as far as like access to different kind of things that's like one way but a lot of 
a lot of the mental health industry from medication to therapy, a lot of it is just based around, are you stable enough to produce and go to work? Like, that's what it's really like about a lot of the times. It's like, let's get you to a place where you could be productive in society. Like it has mm. nothing, it has nothing to really do with healing a lot of the time. And like, cause a lot of like mental illness is honestly just like mental trauma and mental damage. And we don't like the industry doesn't see it the same way as like, you know, you go to the hospital with a broken arm and it's like, you know, you have a cast and all this kind of stuff to like make it better. Like the, the, me like the mental health industry doesn't really work like that it's more about like perceived behavior instead of like internal experience right like so much is is treated that way and i just i just feel like like a disability right is only a disability because society isn't accommodating you like that's mm. why you're disabled if society was accommodating you then you wouldn't have a disability you it, like your life would look different you would move different but it's like it would it it just be a different life you know what i'm saying so it's there's so many ways in which we're being failed from a societal standpoint to be able to have better qualities of life and that bothers me to like no end because there's a lot of things whether you have like adhd and it's like just hard to stay in class for eight hours right because your brain just doesn't like it's just not like if there was a different structure of schooling, you wouldn't have a problem having ADHD. Like it would just be structured around how your brain works. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like a lot of these things where we just have these daily struggles um, because of depression, anxiety, whatever, are just because so many spaces and so many things are inaccessible. Uh, and it's just like it's so frustrating like i wonder how i so wonder how much of the population would be like depressed if we all had if everybody had like a certain amount of money that sounds that sounds wild i was just gonna speak to like exactly what bobby's saying because of what i've struggled with personally and a lot of people can share my struggles i've been homeless several times in my life and it's because I've had I've I've counted the list, I've made the list before. I've had over eighty jobs, eight zero. Jeez. Uh, Shut up. Yeah, and Damn. it's be it's because I've never been able to keep a job because of what I go through mentally, and I've very rarely found a job that can accommodate what I go through. And it's why, like, when I started getting into upper management, I prioritized the people around me, and I created that space that Bobby's speaking to that we need more of. Uh, but that's such a rarity. That's not the, that's like the exception. So like if there was like a universal basic income or there was like a, you know, money in our pockets from the jump, then I wouldn't have been in those situations that I found myself in throughout my life where I was like sleeping at truck stops and like paying for showers uh, and just walking miles and miles just to go make ends meet. And like that will depress you obviously it just right? it, like it just it just exacerbates the situation yeah, yeah. like that's it. and then another thing like i talk about covid a lot right and i had this realization like i so i i have to get a little political here so like when trump was doing everything he was doing with covid like shutting down the country and then like all this other this other kind of stuff then joe biden comes in and i was excited for joe biden to come in because he was running on all these different policies for covid and how things would work and everything like that he ended up taking everything away 
But like what I realized is like the government was never even it doesn't matter if it was Trump or Biden. The government was never in the business of actually helping sick people. It was about getting the world to a place where we could all go back to work. Like that's what it was about. Like all of the policies from the stimulus checks to shutting down offices to doing this to doing that. Um, even social distancing and masking and all that, like that was only ever implemented to give people enough confidence to like go back out into the world to like go spend money and go back to work. Like it was never actually about protecting anybody. And like that realization also was just like, well, like that really frustrated me because it's like when we're talking about these overall policies, like uh, a lot of the policies I want to vote for have to do with health in some form or fashion. But like our country has never ever like done things out of the goodness of their heart for sick people like they, <laughs> it's just not a concept it, it never has been and i feel like i don't know why i had ho- i think it's because like everyone was affected by covid right like every single person on the world was affected by covid so i thought it was something that would like they would sick. want to get rid of <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm like um because it was affecting even, you know, non-marginalized people. It was affecting white people. It was affecting rich people. And so I really thought it was something that would get dealt with. But it's, it's just really like now we're being thrown to the wolves. Uh, and just talking about like inaccessibility, like it depresses me. Like when you're talking about, go- I, I've said this before, but when y'all are talking about like going to concerts and doing all this kind of shit, like it depresses me because it's not accessible for me at all. Like it's just, if I end up going to a concert, like I'm just taking a risk with my life and that's what it is. And like, so stuff like that depresses me. The 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 constant inaccessibility of like going outside for me right now is just like, whether it comes to like, I hate, like, I'm just being honest, like, I get scared to go to, like, my son's soccer practices, and, like, if he wants to play basketball, I'll be terrified of going inside. He was, like, doing gymnastics, and it was packed in there, and it was, like, terrifying me, and it's, like, I want to be able to be present for all this stuff, like, his plays in school and all this kind of stuff, and it's, like, I'm just really not able to, like, I do it here and there, but, like, there's just this conscious choice I'm always making of, like, I know what can happen if I enter this space. Uh, and like, that just sucks. And like, that's really depressing to me on a level all the time. You just don't like going to the grocery store or like whatever. Um, so yeah, it just really frustrates me that like all of these policies, like they're, they're never in place to actually help like sick people. Like it, it's just never that way. So that, that, that's something that really bothered me too. But it, like I'm saying that also freed me up from a lot of shame because they're like when it comes to health, whether it's mental or physical, because we're in America, there's always a huge level of like you're the problem, you're depressed and like you're the reason this or you're the, like even when I talk about COVID, they're like, why are you so scared, Bobby? Why are you terrified? Like, it's my fault <laughs> that I'm scared about it. Right. And so like there's always that like pick yourself up by your bootstraps. It's your, like, it's your decisions. It's your, this, it's your, that when like, I'm starting to see now how I'm constantly failed and how like that affects my physical and mental health on a daily level that freed me from a lot of shame. But then it also makes me depressed. Cause like, well, okay. If it's not really in my hands to make my life better on like, uh, like a overall kind of level, like there's options that are afforded to me 
And it's like, I can make the decisions with what I have, but it's like, you're not really giving me many options here. <laughs> like, you're not really giving me many choices. And like, that just feels so constricting. Uh, so yeah, I think that played a lot into my depression of this week as well so far. I just, I, bro, cause we already had this conversation. Cause I was like, I want to go somewhere else. I, yeah. and even, even saying that like is a privilege is in itself. But I was like, I refuse to let America be my only living experience. I want to go live somewhere where they like care about people. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I just do nice. just to see what it's like. Obviously, I don't have to come back. My family and all my friends and everybody's here. But like, I was like, bro, I I think I sit and I think about fundamental aspects of my life. I'm like, okay, what else can I do to like keep the depression away? <laughs> Like, should I go, should I leave the country? Should I go somewhere else? Should I try something new? Like, us doing this boosted me, like, a lot, I, I feel that. like. Because we were, like, yeah. from a creative standpoint, but also camaraderie and, like, just seeing, knowing I'm going to see y'all every week. It's just meeting up, of... meet up with friends every week. Yeah, yeah. man, social interaction. I don't be, listen, and all my friends know they love me, but they, like, know how I am. And I really do stay in my bubble um, cause a lot of the time I just don't want to spread, let me not say that he was about to be self-deprecating, not going to do it. I was about to say, I was spread my ick, um, <laughs> my, my energy. Cause I also feel like, well, from what I've been told, like my energy, like makes everybody else like feel good. So like when I'm not feeling good, I don't want to spread that, you know what I'm saying? But I don't know, mm -hmm. but that's a lot of the time though. So like, so I just don't know what to do, like, from that standpoint. But I'm like, I just want to say I'm very grateful for the both of you. I'm grateful for this as well. Sam, I'm grateful for y'all, too. This is this is a great part of my week every week, for sure. And just like even our group chat and everything. Like, it's, it's to both great. To both of y'all. And I know we live in a country of very limited resources. But if anyone's listening, there is uh, your local community mental health center office it provides low cost or free emergency care in many cases. And then obviously there's a suicide prevention line. It's 1-800-273-8255. Absolutely. Absolutely. We hope that we can bring you guys joy, uh, even through like some of our, our, our mess. <laughs> messy moment we have. <laughs> I think these conversations are really important because yeah. even though they're not happy and joyful, I think it does really uh, like relieve people of shame because I feel like a, a lot of mental health is like rooted in shame uh, and like it causes a lot of shame a lot of the time uh, and I feel like when when the shackles of that go away like that allows you to like hey you know like get up and and try to do something or just be able to sit there without that shame going on through your mind and actually be able to rest because most of the time I feel like with these mental things like you're never really resting <laughs> you know what I'm saying like you're, yeah you're never really resting like at peace like getting some relaxation so it's, i feel it, like yeah yeah like if you if you're working full-time and you had your day off and it's like weren't you just off yesterday like what how are you feeling not rested well yeah. I, was, I was off but i wasn't really my mind didn't let me be off exactly here's what my i'm afraid of though honestly and that's why i feel like it's so scary for me to like sit still and not do anything is because i feel like if i stop i'm just gonna stop <laughs> i'm not even gonna, i'm sure. not even gonna lie bro like not posting and not doing anything and really just having to sit with myself because like all my close friends like and other people are like maya 
you've experienced a lot. Like when like these last two, three months, like just just relax. Like don't do I'm like, bro, I don't know how to do that. If I sit in this feeling, I don't know how I'm going to get back out of it. And then also my mind is like, the world's still moving. People are still dropping music. All of a sudden, nobody's going to give a fuck if you come back. Nobody's going to give a fuck if you do that. And in my mind, it'll, it'll just be like this, this like downward spiral of, okay, bitch, you've had a week of mourning your grandfather. Let's get back to work. Let's get back to And it's like, bitch, are you okay? Like, no, but I, I will be better. I'll feel better once I get this content out. I'll feel better once I do this. I'll feel like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then the feeling just comes back and I'm just like, okay. So I, I, I made the choice. I'm like, I'm going to sit. I'm not gonna, I'm probably not going to start posting anything until like maybe next week or something like that. I'm just going to keep sitting. Mm-hmm. Even though people were like, take as much time as you need. I'm like, y'all can say that, but y'all don't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> No, I know it's not true. I know like they mean it or whatever, but my mind is like, no, they're just saying that. Like, no. yeah, it's this whole thing I go through in my mind. It's hard. Um, but but taking that time for yourself and really like like Bobby said, releasing a lot of that guilt, a lot of that shame for like the 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 things that are going on in your head. Like it's not your fault. Like it's not like. It's brain chemistry, you know what I'm saying? Like, for real. And when I had to sit down and explain, like, in depth to my mom and, like, my family in general, because I was, like, I was very good at masking, very good at hiding all of all of my mental stuff. Um, one, because I felt like I didn't have room to complain because uh, I'm, I'm very blessed. I'm very fortunate. But also, I have this habit of not wanting to tell people about things or get advice if I feel like they can't help me. And I was like, my family can't fix my brain, you know? So, like, I don't want to mm-hmm. just sit, sit them down to explain to them all this fucked up shit that I go through on a daily basis. But it, it definitely helped. And I feel like everybody is aware now. So when I am down, it can just be that. And it's not it's not this overwhelming feeling of what's wrong with you. Like, nothing's wrong with you. You know, and even if you are str- like struggling, but you feel fortunate because of your situation compared to others, don't invalidate yourself. Don't do that. Like, and uh, that's a sh- you. I know you know who I'm talking to right yes. now. Because uh, because what you're going through is as important as what the next person's going through. I appreciate. I appreciate it. I just don't feel like I. I'm. I'm very grateful. I, I'm I'm grateful for my platform. I'm grateful for like all of you guys like watching and supporting us and stuff. Please, you're not alone. That's it. You're not alone. If you're dealing with the same shit that we talking about, baby, we right here with you. We <laughs> you see us every week. You see us on your platforms. <laughs> you see us do our thing. But we all going through the same shit. So do not feel like you are by yourself. You are not. We love you. We yes, do. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening along with us. If you're on streaming platforms, make sure you follow us everywhere at Take Away My Mic, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.